1: This is Football Social Daily Premier League Podcast. It's managerial mayhem in the Premier League. Frank Lampard is back in the Stamford Bridge dugouts until the end of the season. Graham Potter puts paid to Leicester City's advances. Steve Cooper is still the man for Nottingham Forest, according to a club statement, whilst David Moy's misery continues at West Ham United. Keep up with the chaos if you can. This is Football Social Daily, the award-winning Premier League podcast, and you can vote for us in the 2023 Sports Podcast Awards. Voting closes today, so get your votes in by visiting sportspodcastgroup.com. We'd love to walk away with some silverware again. My name's Niall, and with me today, Joel Tudor and Marley Anderson. Morning, boys. Good morning. Morning, morning. Looking forward to the Easter weekend? There's always loads of football over Easter, isn't there?
0: There is, but I'm more, I'm more looking forward to the chocolates, but it's a bit of a sweet tooth, I can't lie. Have you done Lent? Have you given something up? No. So, what's, just, the, what's the fun in that? <laughs> <laughs> it
1: makes it worth it. You make a sacrifice, and it makes it worth
0: it. Have yeah. you got? Have you given anything up?
1: Yeah, <laughs> watching Portsmouth win.
0: <laughs>
1: I've given up that because it doesn't seem to happen very often. Hopefully we get uh, two big wins over the course of the Easter weekend. Of course, tomorrow and Monday are both bank holidays in the UK, so there won't be any podcasts. But there has been so much to catch up on over the last three or four days in the Premier League. Yesterday, we heard from former top flight defender Roger Johnson, who told us some really good stories. So scroll back in the timeline to find that. But whilst we were speaking with Roger, there were Premier League games taking mm-hmm. Place And the big news over the last few days has been all of the changes in management at the likes of Chelsea and at Leicester City. Spurs, of course, are still without a manager. They drew 1-1 at Goodison Park against Everton on Monday. Steve Cooper hasn't won a game with Forrest in a long time. David Moyes beaten last night with West Ham. So much to go through. But we're going to start with the news that Frank Lampard has today agreed to return to Chelsea Football Club as manager until the end of the season on a temporary basis. Frank Lampard was dismissed by Chelsea a couple of seasons ago. Thomas Tuchel replaced him. And as such, the Graham Potter experiment didn't really work at Stamford Bridge either, Joel. But Lampard is back in the dugout. What do you make of that?
0: Well, it really is an Easter miracle, isn't it? He's risen (laughs) from the dead back at the bridge. Gosh, it really is a miracle. Um, I think this just proves it's not about what you know. It truly is about who you know and who you actually are in football. Because it doesn't feel that long ago that Lampard was just sacked by Everton for nearly taking them down in the Premier League wasn't sat so long ago by Chelsea for, you know, not really reaching the heights that they wanted. But above all of this, it's not really the most bonkers decision that Todd Bowley's even made during the most bonkers decisions he's made in his, what, eight months in England. I think is a pretty normal thing to do to be honest because I wouldn't have trusted Bruno Saltar to, you know, take them on into the Champions League, maybe get a victory. It feels almost DiMateo-esque because they're in the similar position that Chelsea were when he came in, which was around 10th, 9th. They had a Champions League campaign in Full Go, and obviously we know how that happened. I'm not saying that Lampard's going to win the Champions League, but I wouldn't also put it past them to make it to the final. Because I think Chelsea right now they need that big reputation figure to come in, regardless of how he is as a manager, he earns respect purely on the basis of who he is at Chelsea. And I think Todd Bowley's looked at the fact that the fans may be a little bit turning towards, you know, not really supporting him as a, as an owner. And I think he's trying to galvanise everyone again and bringing someone in who is just going to bring the place together Bring, you know, a bit of respect back to the Chelsea squad when we've seen, you know, the likes of them calling Harry, uh, Harry Potter, Graham Potter, you know, no. Hogwarts and Potter. Like, that's not the sort of stuff that all oh, those undermines the manager. And when you lose respect, so you can't gain respect from your players, you're never going to get it unless you do something like, for example, what, Ten do you know, run around the pitch with your players, you know, to show them you're in the trenches with them. These small things make a difference. And I just think with Lampard, it's just the case of, it's just an easy win, I think, for Bowley because they can't get the Champions League via uh, the Premier League. The only way in is the Champions League. And if Lampard can do something in that, Todd Bowley will think he is Mozart. He'll think he's Michelangelo. He'll think he's... Socrates. Any, yeah, any, any name. Jesus. And a, you know what? In You've the, he's the, East the, the spirit. He's the spirit, 100%. The American Jesus? Like, you know, he <laughs> don't want to coin that phrase for him. Don't let nobody tell him I said that. But yeah, it's a it's almost a win-win, isn't
1: it? <laughs> Todd Bowley, the American Jesus.
0: <laughs>
1: Brilliant. Um, Marley, what do you think? Do you think it's the right choice? The fans seem to be quite open, so seeing Frank Lampard back.
2: I think it's a weird choice. Very strange choice. Very uh, bizarre, to be honest. I feel like, Frank Lampard is destined to become the the new version of Gus Hiddink. I, think, <laughs> I love a good Gus Hiddink. I honestly think he you know he's going to end up like this like it's entirely possible that he could go through his career just being Chelsea caretaker every once every 18 months every time there's earn, a storm and earn so much money <laughs> that he'd earn as much as somebody who's been in the same job for for 12 years or something it's it's uh, it'd be like that because I don't know it's it's a bit of a mess I think a lot of people said about Bowley like he's got money, but has he got a plan? Um, and nothing has... not nothing. Well, any plan he's had has been thrown out the window by sacking Potter because you know. Got, I don't, it, I don't got think, rid think of he's Tuchel. got a plan.
1: I don't think he knows what he's doing.
2: Well, there, there was foundations of a plan by saying we're going to get Potter and we're going to get we're going to follow Brighton's model by basically hiring all of Brighton's. Yeah, board it room. took Brighton twelve years, fifteen years to build up into the position they're in. Yeah, I know. Um, and yeah now you know now he's, he's sacked uh sacked potter and it's all back to square one and he's scrambling around for a manager and he, he doesn't seem to want to go for i mean Nigglesman's out there there's there's talk there's rumors of them talking to conte again this week which is just bizarre because he's just set spurs on fire and bugged off like he always does he'll do that against chelsea if he, if he ended up going back
1: um do you think this lampard appointment is purely because who chelsea really want have either said no or aren't available right now. You think of the managers well, that who, are out there. Who
2: would they want that's not available? Well, like, I I'm mean, thinking about Nagelsmann. Yeah, I think well, that's perfect, really.
1: Nagelsmann, I think, wants a bit of a break and to recharge before coming back into management. <laughs> I think that's a fair enough yeah. assessment from a manager. Yeah, I mean, the Z- of a couple Zidane numbers, is out fine. there, but it's not like, and we'll come on to this in a second, Graham Potter, who's just been sacked by Chelsea, was approached by Leicester to replace Brendan Rodgers a couple of days ago. He said no, probably because he doesn't want to go into Leicester have a relegation on his CV, whereas yeah. Chelsea aren't going to go down. They're not going to get into the European places. So yeah. actually, in terms I mean, of bringing a manager in, is this not a good time for a manager to come in? Because then you get three months with the squad before you have a pre-season, so you can even start your work earlier.
2: Well, imagine Graham Potter, like September, you're fighting for the fighting for Europe with Brighton, and by May you've been relegated with Leicester. That'd be that'd be quite a quite season, a of events, and though, that's not yeah. even taking into account the Chelsea job in the middle of it. So. I don't know. There's there's an advantage to having the last 10 games. For example, like if Lampard had a view to the job in, in the summer, to getting it proper, then this is perfect for him because you get 10 games to find out where your squad is and you sort of what you're doing and learn everyone's names because you've got 85 first teams yes. there. But um, you
1: know what? I've got my hand hovering over the cliché bell because I was waiting for one of you to say, he knows the club. He's Chelsea through and through. He knows the club as like... Proper <laughs> Chelsea. Proper Chelsea. <laughs> it's like totally different to when he was last there, only 18 months, two years ago.
2: Yeah, and well, now knowing the club seems to be, um, you know, good enough to get you the manager's job. It's, uh, I don't know, it's it's a, it's a strange one because now I almost see it as similarities to the Ralph Rangnick appointment at Man United a couple of years ago where... He was given the job for a temporary period. So what long-term planning can you do (laughs) in that 10 games? You can't really do anything because you know you're not getting the job. Like Rangnick was meant to move upstairs but ended up getting binned off and going to Austria Mm. um, because they eventually picked Ten Hag and maybe Ten Hag said, I don't want to work with him or I don't need him or whatever.
1: Would the Chelsea equivalent not be like if they just randomly appointed Alan Kirbishly until the end of the season (laughs) because Lampard obviously will have ambitions to get back into management didn't happen for him at Everton but the fans liked him there obviously he's a legend at Chelsea so they're almost welcoming him back with open arms and no doubt he'll want to get back into management more seriously whereas Rangnick obviously was kind of an upstairs man so to speak for the years preceding his time at
2: Man United I don't know (laughs) I don't know about this this whole situation i I What's don't. the best
1: case scenario for Lampard then, Marley? What do you think? Stabilises them? I mean, what does stabilising them look like? Europa Conference finishing seventh? I mean, even that looks a little bit of a stretch for Winning them at this Champions point. Champions League, isn't it? I
0: don't yeah, even, but Lampard can't be expected to do. come no, in and no, win like the Champions like, League. It's, it's I don't, this is the good thing for him. There's no expectations. Yeah, I so think what for I, his almost, own CV, yeah, so it's Yeah, kind of, it's
2: kind of pointless him like, getting the job that's
0: anyway. That's what I
1: mean, yeah. Like, might as well just uh, go for the person that you really want. because it's it's almost a
0: tactical... Play by Bowley uh, because he didn't want Salta. I, I don't, I don't being understand there. it because Chelsea see... cannot reach the Champions League.
1: We know that. I mean, if they do, it would be the most ridiculous achievement in recent memory for a Chelsea side to like who are eleventh at the moment. I mean, if they win the Champions League, that would be remarkable. But they're not going to get relegated from the Premier League. Then they're, they're not in that fight, and they're not in the fight for top four. So why not just appoint the person you want now, and then write this season off and give them the last eight, ten games as a kind of way to get used to the club and figure out some methods and processes. And then you get a pre-season on top of those eight games. Whereas bringing in Lampard, only to perhaps get rid of him again in the summer, doesn't seem to make any sense to me. Even though the fans are welcome to it.
0: I do think there's a little bit you're going to probably disagree with me, but I do think Bowley's learning a little bit because if you think about when he went for Potter, it was a little bit of jerk reaction. I don't think they thought about it massively. When they got rid of Tuchel, it was like, OK, let's find the next upcoming manager like they've done for every single player they've signed. Let's go and get him in. Let's not really think about, can he come to a club this size and take us on? Let's just get him in. I feel like now he's thinking, and whatever team are around him, let's think about this appointment for the next month and a half now. Because the next appointment needs to be the one. They actually group. They don't. They can't be spending another three hundred million with another manager because they're done a knee-jerk reaction right now, and they're going to get another manager, and that's nine hundred million that would have been spent. Mm. And let you know, whoever, if Enrique or Nagelsmann comes in, they might not fancy half of the plays they've already brought in. There's a good six hundred million spent there. Yeah. Two different managers' ideas. But Chelsea have made this quite
1: clear. I think, even if not explicitly, they've made their signings for the next two
0: years. I don't think they'll be signing as many players as people think in the summer. It's crazy. They spent 600 million and they still need to buy a striker, a top midfielder and a top goalkeeper. I yeah. mean,
2: mm. where's this money gone? And shift so much dead wood. Yeah. You could have bonfire night every week for the next <laughs> the next two years <laughs> at Chelsea. Two. Could build a new arc.
1: Um, Madness. But it's one of those where if you're talking about Chelsea's only achievement this season potentially being a Champions League win, would you not try and bring someone like Zidane... Into the mix, someone who's done it with Real Madrid two or three times—I can't remember exactly how many. Who's Who's Chelsea's Zidane though?
2: Probably Lampard. Oh, Z- Zidane. <laughs> Zidane. Hope Let's bring for actual that
1: Zidane in. No, yeah, he,
2: but Zidane, selec- yeah, but Zidane. Yeah, but Zidane's so good at Real Madrid because he just knows the players and it inst- instantly. He knows you the go. club. Knows the club. He knows everything. And yeah, I just wonder if the is, French- that is Chelsea Lampard is Chelsea's version of Zidane. Like, yeah. yeah. Whether you agree with his managerial ability. In terms
0: of club legend, hopefully revitalises everyone. Yeah. And hopefully they can go on this miraculous run. I personally wouldn't wouldn't put it past them beating Madrid. Genuinely I I would.
2: I just think with the Lampard thing I'm passing with every everything I've got. <laughs> the, the, the but company, it, yeah, but when Madrid DiMatteo destroyed came, barcelona football, last night they they in the did, copa del rey
0: did and it was emphatic but when Di Matteo came in and they would be buying in their own backyard and that buying team under Jupp painters yeah. was incredible they got very lucky though yeah, chelsea a fluke, didn't they? really won it they got, oh, like very, this is the, yeah, this in is the champions million, league man. they could fluke the Messi way past Messi hits the crossbar
1: with a penalty although that season that 2012 season where chelsea did win the champions league did they not need to beat Napoli by a four goal margin in one of the last group stage games? And they beat an managed amazing to do it.
0: Barca team, an amazing like yeah. sometimes the looks on your side. When the looks on your side, the looks on your side. Fernando
1: Torres around the goalkeeper. Remember oh. that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone remembers that. But Lampard is back at Chelsea, set to be announced later today. Maybe by the time you listen to this podcast, it will have already been revealed that Frank Lampard is the new Chelsea manager on what we believe to be a temporary basis until the end of the season. The outgoing Chelsea boss was Graham Potter and he was very nearly in line for a brand new job just a matter of days after being sacked from his last one. Leicester City, of course, parted company with Brendan Rodgers after their loss to Crystal Palace at Selhurst Park on Saturday, they've since lost midweek to Aston Villa as well. Tough times for Leicester right now, second bottom in the Premier League table. They did want Graham Potter as their new manager, straight out of Chelsea, straight into Leicester City. But Potter has rejected the approach from the Foxes after Rogers' sacking. He says that he wants a break from management for a while. Is it also because of what I said earlier, Joel, he probably doesn't want a potential relegation on his resume so soon after coming out of the Chelsea job.
0: Yeah, he's already now in probably the most difficult part of his career, which is a little bit of no man's land, where he's come from the massive reputation of building up that Brighton side to then not really proving himself at a big club. So now he's almost thinking, well, where do I sit? Am I capable of going to one of the big clubs and making them a real force? Or do I almost need to go back to the drawing board and you know go with the likes of a West Ham or a Leicester who's going to have a really sensible approach and I just think with Leicester it would be be ridiculous it'd be criminal for him to go to a club like that now and that's not to say that they're a bad club but the situation that they're in if he was to not be able to do the miracle of saving them and he's in the championship how much his reputation and his stock falls even more after you know the start of the year he was being touted as one of the most upcoming and talented managers in world football. So I think for him, he can bide his time. He's going to have so many suitors. I I think Tottenham will probably be the team that try the hardest. I think personally, he's the right choice for them as an identity kind of thing, rather than going for one of these other managers who have a reputation and they've already won everything and they're not really treating Tottenham like a long-term project. But do you think he'll wait till the summer then? If he does get appointed at Tottenham,
1: he'll wait till the summer because it's a similar situation, although he won't want an immediate relegation on his CV. If that is what would have happened to Leicester if he had gone in there, we don't know. But at the same time, if he goes into Tottenham now and they don't reach top four, there's already kind of a strike against his name, even though it's not really a great deal. He could have done about it post-Conte. Whereas if he waits till the summer, it is a clean slate, fresh start, new club. I know Chelsea and Tottenham have their rivalry and their dislike for each other. But it feels like Graham Potter and many of these managers, even Brendan Rodgers, will rather start afresh in the summer with a pre-season under their belt.
2: Yeah, I think you've, you've got to give yourself a bit of time sometimes. I think, I think if Potter took any job now, I think it's far too soon. Managing three clubs in one season is a joke, to be honest. You're not allowed to do it as a player you know, I allowed to play for three <laughs> clubs in a season. So why should you be able to manage three, three clubs in a season? I, I I don't get it. And I think Potter's got his head screwed on. He's not He's not thick. He's not sort of thinking, oh my God, I've got to get in there before nobody takes a chance on me. Because anybody who's not in the top four, the best manager in the Premier League who is available, uh, I would say is Potter. Like Because he's done so well at Brighton. And the only reason why Brighton probably couldn't get into the top four and the top six was just spend. And there's a lot of clubs who will spend more than Brighton in the coming years, Leicester being probably one of them, because they're, they're you know, they're financially okay now. He's wrote that debt off the uh the owner. Hopefully they can sort of present something to him. I think West Ham as well would be a great move for him if, if Moyes goes off goes in the summer. Um but he's he's gonna have his pick. And I think Spurs Spurs is the peak of what he could get. And I think Spurs would be right for him. But it's it's all just how the squad reacts if he came in. Because mm. As we've seen, you know, bigger squads and bigger egos don't always tend to take to, you know, younger, upcoming managers. Yeah, but they've done it
0: with Conte and Jose. Not gelled with them. Uh, yeah, they've had the big egos, and obviously they did command respect. Still, yeah. doesn't work. And then you had Pochettino first came in. Didn't really command too much apart from that Southampton team.
2: Well, I think Potter's quite like Poch. Yeah I, in terms I, of I, his characteristics. Yeah, yeah, I think that yeah. I think they need a nice guy in there. They don't so. need a, who's a long term project. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, they've tried that. You know, Mourinho was like didn't Mourinho say that, that that thing when he got to Spurs and he said they're all too nice. We need to be back Even in the and documentary. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah We need, we're not we're not horrible enough. And like he was the horrible one and instead of the Well Spurs, interestingly, that's what Graham squad, Potter's been criticised for at Chelsea, not being Mean enough. I think that's right for Spurs. I think I think Spurs, you can't butt heads too much with Levy, and I don't think Potter would, because he's not he's not that he's not that character. And I'm not saying he's too nice and too nicey nicey and a bit of a bit of a wet wipe, but he's he's all right. You know, he's, mm. he's he doesn't cause arguments for the sake of it. You put Jose Mourinho and Antonio Conte in a room together, they'll be scrapping within about three and a half seconds of each other. You know, pulling each other's... Conte needed a new hair, it's, <laughs> hair it's transplant funny, It's isn't it? just rip it out.
1: I mean, it feels like a million years ago. Thomas Tuchel and Antonio Conte, that handshake at the start yeah. of the season where this they're season, tugging each other's oh, arm this off. Season, That's this the season? start of this Madness. season, that was. And, you know, things have changed so much since then. I was at Goodison on Monday for the Everton Spurs game and the Tottenham fans were chanting from Rizio Pochettino. Well, I mean, really it's happened. a small cross-section of Tottenham fans, the match-going supporters... A thousand or so of them there at Goodison on Monday night, and a lot of them were very unhappy after the game because of the result one-one. Michael Keane smashes a great goal in, big point for Everton. Poor from Tottenham, who had the lead and had a man up for half an hour, but the fans there made their voices clear. They wanted Maurizio Pochettino back at the club. Do you think Daniel Levy is too stubborn to make that happen?
2: I don't. I don't think he'll be too prideful yeah to to have too much pride to go back I i I mean normally with levead his, his ego would drive him to not do what people want however I don't think he really wanted to sack Pochettino I think he, he more or less had to because everything was just it got too bad I'd, I'm not sure it ended too sourly to to go back
1: as you know it's hard to think back exactly how poor Spurs were at the end under Pochettino how bad it got because they've almost stayed at that level was, ever since. For it me, was, it
2: was just a hangover of the, of the Champions League. But they've, no, they've not been the same
1: it. level with all these different managers since. Even mm. Santo, where it got bad. They've always kind of been around the top four, finished fourth occasionally. Might get to, I mean, they got to the League Cup final, didn't they, under Jose and lost.
0: I'm just trying to think back to when a manager goes back to a club, does it ever really work? And the only time I can remember it really worked was when Jose obviously got sat by Chelsea the first time wasn't he didn't he wasn't doing inc- incredibly bad it was just it wasn't the the right the fit had just broken but in between that time of him leaving and coming back he won the treble with Inter he made Real Madrid one of the best Real Madrid teams I've ever seen and then he went back to Chelsea and won the title again yeah. I know it fizzled out but he proved himself that he can win things Poch I know he won Le Gern with with uh, mm. PSG, but I mean, I think the three of us could probably do that combined.
1: Well, I've seen rumours that Jose Mourinho is in line to return to Chelsea, maybe in the summer <laughs> oh for a third stint. I think he that was 3-1 to one with the bookies at one point earlier this week. Um, Eddie Howe might be a good example. Oh. Was at Bournemouth, oh, managed to get re- them out of League 2, yeah. went to Burnley for a season, didn't work, got replaced by Sean Dyche, went back to Bournemouth, spent eight years there, got them to the Premier League, kept them in the Premier League, and then eventually obviously they went down and went to Newcastle, so... There's an example. I mean, in the lower leagues, you're looking at Peterborough. I think Darren Ferguson, Sir Alex's son, is in his fourth stint as manager at Peterborough United. So in terms of managers going back, does it work often? It's it's hard to tell, really. It's hard to think of an obvious example in the Premier League, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I was looking internationally, Zinedine Zidane, when he went back to Madrid. I think he won La Liga, but it just wasn't the same. And that's why he left the second time. Um, I just think with Spurs fans, because they've been so poisoned by these huge ego managers of Jose and Conte. They just want the lovable guy back. The guy who they can chant his name, even if they don't get near the title. He, make, he plays beautiful football. But Pochettino's going to be coming into a new Spurs side. He's not got the likes of Alderweirel, Vertonghen, Dembele. like That was the core of his squad. Now he's only got Kane left, and I don't really see any of that spine anymore.
1: And and Son's been really poor. I mean, he was yeah. awful on Monday again. I mean, Kane could be out of contract soon and maybe on his ways. So it's... It's hard to know, really, what's going to happen with, with Spurs, with Chelsea. We know it's Lampard. But what about Leicester? They don't seem to have a plan. Rejected by Potter, Marley. Feels like they're almost gambling on these caretaker managers for now who took charge against Villa. You know, a mistake from Wilfred and Didi. And Bertrand Traore curls one into the corner and Leicester lose again, albeit a much improved performance than the Palace game. They again are on the end of a 2-1 defeat.
2: Mm. Yeah, Leicester are... Struggling, aren't they? I think Leicester need a manager now, but there's going to be way more options in the summer, I think. Um, Potter is probably their their top target, like the one that's obviously like going to come in and, and do a good job, but it's like they've just got to somehow limp to the summer, not in the bottom three, um, and stay in the league somehow, and then, then you can have a full reset and a full rebuild, because... If you look at what's going to happen to them in the summer, you're probably saying Telemans is is going to go, Madison. Madison might go. They need a goalkeeper. They need they need midfielders. They desperately need a forward. Vardy. What I mean, Vardy, Vardy might retire. You never know. Um, mm. Thirty six years old might go to Sheffield Wednesday it, or something if they yeah. go yeah. to the Championship. Yeah, could see that. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, it's um, it's not easy at Leicester. I think they've got the infrastructure there as a club. I think, but they just need a manager. I'm. I, I always look at Rafa Benitez out of work and I, I just think he's perfect for, for a job like that where if the budget is a bit tight you can work with it and if the budget is a bit more flexible he can work with that as well. So. How
1: similar is it to when he took over Newcastle? If Rafa came into Leicester for example with them in the bottom three. Well when Rafa took over Newcastle you got relegated under him and then he decided yeah. to stay and then got you back up yeah, yeah, from yeah. the championship. Yeah, I mean I'm not sure whether he would do that again at Leicester City. I think he'd come in
2: now though. Oh, yeah, yeah, probably. yeah. What like, I mean and, is, is and, and, it's quite similar and, in terms and, yeah, of the pattern yeah, of is. what
1: happened at Newcastle.
2: Probably is, yeah. Um, and I think Leicester now were probably better than we were the season we mm-hmm. went down in terms of the you know, off the pitch stuff. You know, At least yeah. it's not a total.
1: I mean, they're two points from safety, 25 points after 29 games. They've scored 40 goals, which is more than all of the other teams in the bottom half of the table. With that evidence they'd have a good chance of staying up. But when you look at the table and they're two points from safety, you're starting to wonder, aren't you?
2: Yeah. Can all change quickly though. Just need need to jam a couple of wins from somewhere. I mean they missed chances against Villa, yeah. didn't they? That Harry Suter's header. Oh, Gotta go in, isn't it? You, got to go in. you couldn't want it to land to a better person than a guy who heads anything. And, you know, wins everything in the air and does really well. But you know, it, it comes to him and it sums up well. Leicester are, the fact that it looks like a goal and it curls over to him and he manages to put it wide from six yards. It's it's a mess, really. And then you get the goal at the weekend bouncing in off Everson's backside. You know, he, he goes full stretch to keep it out the top corner. It comes off the bar, hits him in the arse and goes in. It's yeah. like they're, they're just in a in a bit of a rut at the minute and I don't know whether with with the such, you know, with 10 games left or nine games or whatever they've got, its it's... It puts people off coming in because they don't want a relegation on the record. Like, like you said, would Benitez want to come in and do exactly what he's done at Newcastle and get another team relegated for the same thing? I'm not sure he mm. cares that much anymore because his reputation in the game has been made, and you know you're not going to learn anything new about Rafa Benitez these days. But <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's it's a hell of a decision for Leicester because it's yeah. it's a proper crossroads really when yeah. you think about it of where they can go as a club, you know. They could, they've they been a championship club for most yeah. of their time of the last 25 years, so, yeah. you know. Is which, it...
1: which makes what they've achieved even more special, really, winning the Premier League, winning the FA Cup. Yeah. I know they bottled the Champions League twice, but to finish twice fifth...
2: They win, in the win, Champions League though. They got to the knockouts stages did, under yeah. Craig Shakespeare it yeah. was at the time. Um,
1: winning the Charity Shield as well, so they've been mega successful by Leicester City standards yeah. in recent years. But as Marley says, a crossroads for them. Still managerless as are Spurs. Lampard is back at Chelsea. Could we see two more clubs parting company with their managers? Sackings fourteen and fifteen of the season on the cards. Perhaps we'll discuss Steve Cooper at Nottingham Forest and David Moyes at West Ham next on Football Social Daily. Welcome back. This is FSD Football Social Daily, your Premier League podcast from the sports social team nominated for a 2023 Sports Podcast Awards. Actually, we've got two nominations, I think, and you can vote for us as voting closes today. So make sure you get those votes in sportspodcastgroup.com. Find the categories which Football Social Daily are in.
2: Best Soccer Podcast and we're in um, Best Sports Talk Podcast.
1: Double Silverware.
2: Up for
0: grabs. We're doing the domestic double and the link will be in the description of the podcast, so make sure because, I mean, we deserve it, don't we?
1: <laughs> I don't know, that's a little bit <laughs> of a pat on the back for ourselves, I'm not sure about that. Um, Probably not Nottingham Forest fans voting for us, considering <laughs> some of the stick they've given us this season. Uh Steve Cooper has been backed by Nottingham Forest in a club statement. He is staying put for now, but they are winless in eight games. Games. It is not looking good for them at the moment. They are 17th, just a place above the relegation zone. And Steve Cooper was someone who was under pressure at the start of the season. But they gave him a new contract, things picked up, but yet they've slipped back again. And they haven't won now since February. But Steve Cooper, according to the statement, which we'll read in a minute, is still the man for the job, according to the forest hierarchy.
0: When the owner gave him that new contract at the start of the season, I was Pretty baffled by it, to be honest, because we knew at the start that they would be one of the relegation ca- relegation candidates to go down. So to give him a, a big contract and then to potentially have to sack him, which could be likely, and we knew it could be likely, it just almost feels like shooting yourself in the foot, especially financially. um I know he was trying to show some kind of support and almost like a statement, as if to say, no matter what happens, we're with Cooper, with or without Premier League status. But when the push comes to the shove and when it gets really highly pressured like it is now, and like we've seen for nearly all of the bottom 12 sides, who all bar one team have sacked the manager, which is West Ham, I think owners will end up doing desperate things to remain Premier League status because you don't know how long you're going to be away for. Yeah. I mean, you look at your Portsmouth, for example, don't mean to stab salt in the wounds, <laughs> but been away for a good amount of time
1: yeah, yeah. No, it
2: happens, Leeds, 16, 17 well, years. The best I think Forrest were
1: in the Championship longer than any other
2: club, weren't they? I was going to say, the best thing about that is Joel was talking about Nottingham Forest and didn't use the example of Nottingham Forest. Uh, never coming back for 23 years, <laughs> no, because but he I said when, the, when... Your Portsmouth are crap, yeah, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. I,
0: <laughs> the, the back, I don't want the backlash, Marley. I saw them come on to you, so yeah. not long ago. Bring them
1: on. <laughs> well, we're on 13 years now since Portsmouth were last in the Premier League. So,
0: But I mean, yeah, you don't you don't know how long you're going to be down for, regardless of these parachute hmm. payments that keep them up. I know they've got a very star-studded <laughs> squad, a lot of good But quality. is there an argument
1: to say that Forest shouldn't even be in the Premier League? Steve Cooper went in there. They were in the relegation zone. Steve Cooper went in there to keep a huge club in the championship. They sacked Chris Houghton, brought in Cooper whilst they were in the relegation zone in the second division and got promoted to the Premier League. There were absolutely no expectations for promotion to the top flight when Steve Cooper got the job. So, naturally, is he not overachieving anyway? And is that not what the fans are so behind him for? Because they understand Steve Cooper actually with the hand he was dealt when he went into Nottingham Forest, has worked an absolute miracle. And if he keeps them in the Premier League, he's worked miracles again. You know, we talk about Todd Bowley being the American Jesus, well, Steve see. Cooper the Welsh Jesus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> A lot of is today. Yeah,
2: but why, why shouldn't they be there though?
1: Because they were supposed, well, they, they could yeah. have been in League One quite conceivably this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, I mean, we're,
2: we're not saying, before Forest fans listen to this and go absolutely nuts, we're not saying that Forrest shouldn't be in the Premier League because they don't deserve it. We're saying oh, that no, they, it wasn't they earned it it Steve they Cooper's did. remit to get to the Premier League. It was just to keep him in the championship. Overachieved huge. I think they yeah. lost the first eight games and were sat dead bottom when he came in. I think. I an definitely amazing in the bottom job. three. So it was a case of like stabilising the club and they almost they rode such a wave to get here that it was an amazing achievement. But, you know, then you've got to then it almost creates more problems because mm. you've got to then survive when, you know, you you had a squad that was bottom of the championship and then you know, you sign 30 players and you're in the Premier League and you, you're chucking money at everyone and, and all that. Well, this I, guess it and I
0: guess it proves the point of how how they didn't predict it because the turnover of the squad after they got yeah. promoted... Because they had a load of loan players they, they, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. So, yeah. So, so it almost, it almost players, proves that it was a oh, right. Christmas miracle. But I think
1: sense. that's why the fans love Steve Cooper so much. There's a connection there and that hasn't really been there. Maybe I'm speaking out of turn here and Forest fans, correct me if you want to, but I feel like Forrest with the ownership they've had and the churn of managers they've had and the mediocrity they've had in the championship, to finally have a manager now who they believe in Mm. and who they back, I think that that's such a powerful thing for a club like Forest to have been dormant, really, for so long. And I think the owner, as much as there's been a lot of churn of managers, would be foolish to dismiss Steve Cooper because I think even if Forest got relegated, the fans would be happy to get behind him oh, yeah. and push for the premier league again and this yeah. is the statement from the owner evangelos maranakis he says no one denies that our club is in a difficult position in the premier league but we wish to end the speculation and the false and disruptive reporting in the media to confirm that steve cooper remains our manager at nottingham forest we've all been disappointed with recent performances and it's very clear that a lot of hard work needs to be done to address this urgently results and performances must improve Immediately, there can be no time for distractions, rumours and speculation. That's a synopsis of the statement from the owner, Evangelos Maranakis.
2: Uh, I'm usually very wary of these statements because they usually come about three weeks before they sack him. Um, Not necessarily at Forest, just at at any club when they put such a public show of faith and then they lose the next three games, it it just goes out the window. Um, So I hope that doesn't happen because what I was going to say before is that I, I think if if Cooper did get sacked, the only man in Nottingham that would want him sacked is the man that sacked him, because yep. the the fans are still fully behind him. Hugely. I, f- I honestly feel like the fans wouldn't be that bothered if they went back down, because it's you know like like you say, should they even should they be in the Premier League? I, I don't know. They'd be um, the
1: favourites to come back, wouldn't they? If they went down I, with the squad, I think got. so.
2: Yeah, because who you know would would they'd still have the the nucleus of a really good side.
1: The next game Nottingham Forest have got is against Aston Villa. Whatever happens there, I think, is pivotal, not just for Forest, but because Leicester and Bournemouth play each other on Saturday. If Forest lose to Villa, that puts Forest in the bottom three.
0: I was going to say with his statement... I was going to automatically say what a great statement backs the manager. However, I'll I'll support his statement at the end of the season. Yeah. I hope he sticks by what Well, he I thought when he gave him his contract at the start of the season, which was a three-year contract, I thought, OK, he's going with the scenario of if we do really bad this season, we get relegated, he's the man I want to bring us back up. And I thought, OK, you know what? That's an incredible strategy to have. Because like Marley's just said, the whole of Nottingham seemed to get behind him. Yeah. If he then starts switching things up now... And brings a manager in for a quick short-term burst and they still go down. I don't think he can be forgiven.
1: Well, plenty of Nottingham Forest fans behind Steve Cooper. He's staying for the time being, backed by the owner in a statement released on the Forest Club website. But the same can't be said for David Moyes, who doesn't really seem to have the backing of a large portion of East London. He's under massive pressure. His West Ham side smashed 5-1 by Newcastle United last night. The stands emptied when the score went to 4-1. There were boos from the West Ham fans that remained in the stands. And when quizzed on this, David Moyes has some pretty interesting things to say. Let's have a listen to this. There was things in the game tonight which we, we were, I was quite pleased with. We probably had more attempts at goal tonight than we did in the win against Southampton. But we didn't defend well at all. Mm,
0: but in the context of the last few days, the, the sort of feel-good factor of Sunday gets wiped out by this. And it's so close to the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: you're right. But if we'd run the two games, we'd have only taken two points. So we
0: took three against Southampton. OK, so do you still think you're OK position to be out of the, the bottom three? And OK, and maybe not OK, but you know, yeah. that, do you think it's, yeah, no, it's fighting one, position? No,
1: it's not OK. No, it's not. Far from
0: OK. We have to win more games. And to be fair, we're forming at home has recently been pretty good. Right, you've been aware of evacuation of the, the stands towards the end. The, the yeah. fans left a long way before the end.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. I would have as well, probably, if my team wasn't, wasn't, uh, wasn't doing so well. But, you know, the one thing I would say, the players went right at it. Right to the end, they kept trying to do it. They kept working as hard as they could. So, you know, their attitude and their commitments have been fantastic. The thoughts there of West Ham boss David Moyes after their defeat last night. He was speaking there to BBC's Conor McNamara. What he said there about the fans evacuating the stands, as Conor puts it. To then say, I probably would have done the same thing if my team were losing like that. That's not the sort of thing you want to hear from a manager in a relegation scrap, is it?
2: not really um they well the sky cameras showed all the fans going it was on 79 minutes and i remember thinking it's 3-1 but it's not over if they get a goal before 85 minutes it makes a very nervy fast uh, last 6 7 minutes plus you know stoppage time or whatever um but yeah it obviously it didn't work out like that cause i think about 2 minutes later ESAC scores and it makes it 4-1 and and then that's it and then you know for the last 5 minutes I mean if you watch the goal Joel Linton's uh, goal that makes it 5-1 when the ball goes long the, the camera zooms out and you can see the stands you can just see the white the white chairs the white seats there's just no one there um and that's that's a shame because that's what you want behind you you want you you want your team your fans behind you when you're at home but they were they made that many mistakes West Ham last night that mm. they just shot themselves in the foot over and over again i think they started the game like a house on fire like Bruno slid in um, and diverted a low cross onto his own post after about thirty-five seconds. Yeah, and I was watching it thinking, "Christ, West Ham are up for this. We're gonna, we're gonna have to weather a bit of a storm here." Six minutes in, we're one 0 up because we, as soon as we weather that storm and got at them, that was it. They just fell apart big time. Like we we should have been three one up at half time. Um and it ends it ends up you know two one with them them having all the momentum going into the break with Zuma's header. And then, you know, just again who was the worst game I've ever seen him play because he's, he's had games against us in the past where he's been fantastic. But he was shocking all night. Um, and then he sums it up by getting tackled by Jacob Murphy for the 23 seconds into the second half. And from then on, 3-1, it's game over then.
1: You also said, David Moyes, that the border behind me, But if you lose badly like that as a manager, you're always in danger. Now, Jim, who's on holiday this week, is a West Ham fan. Otherwise, we would have got him in to ask his opinion on the back of another West Ham loss. He doesn't think that David Moyes will depart before the end of the season. He thinks that his relationship with the owners is too strong for them to budge and make a decision to sack him and replace him with someone else. It sounds like he knows that as well. sounds like he's pretty confident that he's going to stay no matter what happens between now and the end of the season. Do you get those vibes as well,
0: Joel? just listening to his clip it gave me such deja vu of his final days at man united and i I just remembered then why we were all so frustrated and why west ham fans are so frustrated at him now it's because at the end of games where he got battered and the last the last game he did with united was a 4-1 defeat to aston villa sorry to everton it was and he basically said i thought we played well i thought we created chances He never, ever, ever owned up to what was really going on and it frustrated the life out of the United fans. And I can imagine at West Ham now, they're looking at his comments thinking, you thought we had good spells in a 5-1 defeat? What what, what were you looking at? I know he can't call out his players and I'm not not demanding him to do that. But you can't start creating this false narrative as if he's happy with what's going on. I'm not saying happy yeah. either, but it's, it's like what a said.
1: Yeah, it's like what Marley said. West Ham started well, hit the post. They made a load of individual errors. David Moyes doesn't think the scoreline deserved to be 5-1, but at the end of the day, it was 5-1. Yeah, the, and they got smashed.
0: The, the, you know, the, Even
1: the, if they maybe didn't deserve it or kept making mistakes, whatever the reasons are, and as frustrating as that might be for David Moyes, you just have
0: to grin and bear it. You lost 5-1. Rather than trying to paint a happy picture, a rosy picture, the fans can see through all of that rubbish. And it happened at United, and it's t- that's one of his worst characteristics, which was the downfall of him at Manchester United, which was that it almost felt like he wasn't seeing what was actually happening. It was almost like he had a different narrative in his mind. And I just think when you look at the table now, West Ham are the only team in the bottom 12 to not sack their manager. And I think... When you look at the way in which the tide's going with the managerial merry-go-round, I can't see him staying if they if they lose the next two games, three games. I think West Ham's owners and I think the fans are going to demand it. They're going to, the the atmosphere in that West Ham stadium looks toxic. When you see all those yeah, white yeah. seats after seventy minutes, there's an issue. Mm-hmm. When you look at Everton, I know they have got a new manager, but you would you wouldn't see that now, and you would rarely see it. When you see it at West Ham, and we've seen it in the past with previous managers like Billich. When things start going bad there, it gets really, really yeah. bad. Fans and aren't think, shy. Of, yeah, yeah, they're not shy of their opinion yeah. there. Absolutely and I not. think if it comes to the next two games and they don't win it, regardless of the relationship they have, it's a, it's a business, bottom line. And they need to stay in the Premier League because I think for any club in that bottom 12, West Ham would have the most catastrophic impact if they were to go down.
1: Moyes under massive pressure after West Ham's loss to Newcastle last night. Both Newcastle and Manchester United winning to keep them both level on points. Both have 53 in third and fourth in the Premier League table. Respectively, as for West Ham, they're now 15th out of the drop zone on just goal difference. Right, let's take a breather. Let's take some stock and try and figure out where we are when it comes to managers in the Premier League. And get your thinking hats on, lads, because we're going to do a quiz about Premier League managers next. We'll do it after this on FST.
0: Learn more at marines.com.
1: Final part of today's Football Social Daily. Hit subscribe and that way you won't miss another episode of the podcast again. We spoke to former Birmingham Wolves and West Ham defender Roger Johnson on the podcast yesterday. Told some really interesting stories including the time that he nearly died after a serious neck injury on the pitch at Selhurst Park. Fascinating story there, so scroll back in the timeline or just hit subscribe and that way you won't miss the next interview we do with a former Premier League player. But to round out today's podcast, because this is the final show of the week, remember no show on Friday or Monday due to the bank holiday here in the UK, we're going to do a bit of a quiz and carrying on with the theme of today's show. It's going to be about Premier League managers. Uh, This is a quiz I have stolen from the BBC website, I have to admit that, but I thought it was pretty good, so I'm going to test you guys. Uh, You're going to have to work together as a team though, if you're capable of doing that. Nah. No?
2: <laughs> Every man for himself.
1: I'm going to turn off uh, Homes Under the Hammer as well, Marley, Soon
2: as you keep watching that for whatever reason over in the corner of the studio. <laughs> <laughs> so, just for anyone who's obviously not watching what I'm watching, they're just trying to, to flip an absolute hole in the floor. TV's gone off. You need to concentrate on this okay, quiz. let's go.
1: Okay, so it's longer and shorter. That's the game. You just have to choose whether the answer to the question is longer or shorter. And it's up to you two to decide between you what the answer is. And don't laugh, because I know what you're (laughs) thinking, Joe. And the answer is definitely shorter. (laughs) Okay, question one. Ed Sheeran's 2014 hit song, Thinking Out Loud, spent 378 days inside the UK's top 40 chart. But is that a longer reign than Scott Parker? Had I love
0: the I love the vibe around this. It's, usually we're thinking of managers as years, but now it's literally coming down to days and weeks. I was looking longer.
1: at I was looking at the list. Okay, Marley says longer, but we'll, I was looking at the list earlier of longest serving Premier League managers. Jurgen Klopp's top, Pep Guardiola's second, Mikel Arteta I think is third. Tom, Tom <laughs> Thomas, Thomas Frank I think is third. Eric Ten Hag is 6th or 7th on the list. He's only been there since the start of the season. Oh Jesus. It's unbelievable. Anyway, Marley Honest. says longer. 378 days. Ed Sheeran's song, Thinking Out Loud, spent in the top 40 chart. Longer or shorter than Scott Parker had at Bournemouth. Do you think that's longer or shorter, Joel? Longer. You've both gone for longer. Longer is wrong. It was shorter. <laughs> oh my God. 428 days. Scott Parker was at Bournemouth. Of course, he had the whole season... And then half, well, not half of a Premier League season, but yeah, the whole championship season and a bit of the Premier League season. What about this one? Stephen Gerrard and Frank Lampard were constantly compared on the pitch, but did Gerrard last longer in the dugout with Villa than Lampard did with Everton?
0: Shorter than Lampard, but it's very close.
2: Oh, God, I'm trying to think.
1: Um, You're trying to think when each manager was sacked, you have to cast your mind back because they both got dismissed earlier this season. Did Gerard last longer in the dugout with Villa oh. than Lampard did with Everton? Oh,
0: longer, longer than Everton. Long, longer that Gerard lasted longer than Lampard did at Everton. Marley. I think Lampard lasted longer. You're gonna have to make a decision between you. Oh, we've got to go together.
1: You're working as a team, man. Right,
0: what do you want, Marley? Uh, uh I can't remember. I thought Gerard was like a year or a year or so, but Lampard was like Alright, we'll go with uh, Gerard.
1: So Gerard lasted longer? Yeah wrong
0: i told you
1: steven gerrard's reign at villa was shorter 343 days but there's only 14 days in it two weeks fewer than lampard at everton once again lampard beating stevie g as always (laughs) (laughs) just saying guys just saying you boys got to get one wrong here right you've got to get one right (laughs) i mean yeah thanks for the
0: encouragement but
1: (laughs) you got to get one right okay last year's strictly come dancing lasted for 85 days from the first show to the final is that longer or shorter than Nathan Jones spent at Southampton?
0: <laughs> Short. I think sh- I think Nathan Jones lasted less time. He lasted ten weeks, didn't he? Is that right?
1: Eighty five days, the season of Strictly Come Dancing lasted. Strictly Nathan lasted Jones, longer. Strictly lasted longer. So Nathan Jones is yeah, last-
2: yeah I, I agree, I agree. Nathan Jones was Lashed, shorter, was shorter than, strictly. than
1: Strictly. Okay, so the question is, is the eighty five days longer or shorter than the time. Longer. That Nathan Jones spent in charge of Southampton. You're going for longer. Yeah, it wasn't. It was shorter. What? But only just. Only it's just ninety. Ninety-four oh, days. Hell. Ninety-four nine days? days. Nine days out, lads. Oh, you're out of Questions. Here. Oh, is, this is quite is funny. Zero out, <laughs> zero out of four. Zero out of four so far. I'm not sure how many there there is, but you're <laughs> clinging on it. Enough. You're clinging on. Right. Antonio Conte was sacked yeah, as the manager of Tottenham <laughs> in March. His first spell in England, he won the Premier League and FA Cup with Chelsea. But did he spend longer at Tottenham or at Chelsea? Wait, 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 wait. So wait, wait, was his time... So won, at, no,
0: no, no, no. So he won his first season at Chelsea, he won it. Yeah. When At what part of the season did he get sacked from Chelsea?
1: So what did he do? Did he spend longer at Spurs than at Chelsea? Longer or shorter at Spurs than Chelsea?
2: I think he's longer at Chelsea. I, I'd say longer at Chelsea, yeah. It's wrong, isn't it? You're going, for, ra- you're going for longer, so short, shorter <laughs> Wait, time at
0: Spurs. No, let's go for shorter. We need shorter to go. A lo- we need to go against that. Okay. I think it's
2: shorter at Spurs, so let's go shorter at Chelsea. Yeah. Did he
1: spend longer at Spurs than at Chelsea?
2: Yeah, he did. Yeah,
1: wrong. The oh, answer shorter. Conte, five hundred nine <laughs> days at Spurs, eight hundred thirty-one days at Chelsea. So we go a whole year. That's a whole year out there. I was
2: gonna say, well. To be fair, all our logic said we were right the first time, but because we've been wrong non-alcoholm. We our had thought, to go against our we had thinking. To, yeah, yeah, we had to reverse ourselves, yeah. <laughs> we reverse ourselves. You've got, our got a fifty percent chance
1: and you've got it. We I mean, played
2: ourselves, I think.
1: What was it the odds of Manchester United getting drawn in a home draw, every cup draw? They've like oh, done like it ten times. Probably <laughs> probably probably you're halfway there, than there to that, is that five hundred to one? Road. Um Jeez. okay. Tennis legend, Roger Federer was world number one for one thousand six hundred and fifty-nine days. Is that longer or shorter than Brendan Rogers was in charge of Leicester City, longer one thousand six hundred and fifty-nine days. Rogers was at chel- Leicester about three years, wasn't he?
0: And Federer is a little bit more than three years. That thousand that's
2: like days. Close to,
0: that's close to four years. I tell you what, yeah. I, I just
1: reconsider your thinking there. I think Niall's trying to tell us that we're we're on the wrong track. I'm trying to tell you <laughs> that Brendan Rogers was sacked after four years in charge.
2: Was it four years? Ah. So, so Rogers, wait, wait, wait. wait Roger Federer, so 1,
1: 1,659 days. Yeah, longer
0: than Federer. Longer than Federer. All right. Well, yeah, we'll say that.
1: So Brendan Rogers was in charge for less time or more time? More time.
0: More
2: time.
1: It's not a longer span of time than Brendan Rogers. <laughs> Roger Federer was world number one for 190 days more than Brendan Rogers. Eh? You just said four years. Federer, 1,000 and how many? Brendan Rogers was one thousand four hundred ninety six. Federer was one thousand six hundred and something. So That's I think a, you have got it wrong you, again, lads. You just
0: you just said he was in uh, for one thousand and sixty two. One thousand six hundred
1: fifty nine days for Federer. Is that longer or shorter than Rogers was in charge of Leicester? I, Marley, I swear Marley, I Marley worked said. it out as fourteen hundred days over four years, and you, you still picked one, the wrong I, f-
0: choice. I, I swear you said one thousand <laughs> and six. Oh <laughs> I can't believe this I is the you said worst 1, way to go into. A,
2: uh, uh, this is like
0: ACM land into showing the San what you know? this
1: absolutely tail spinning into the bank holiday weekend with another wrong answer I'm closing my laptop that's me done for the weekend I can't be dealing with that again that is it for football social daily have a great Easter break whatever you're up to and whatever games you're watching these two are off to the school of managerial
2: <laughs> <laughs> the school of management yeah
1: <laughs> that is it from us from myself Joel and Marley we'll see you the other side of the bank holiday weekend we'll be back on Tuesday have a great weekend we'll catch you there. football social daily is a voice work Sport production for the sports social podcast network
2: step into the world of power loyalty